Hi, welcome to the I Am a Kingdom Influencer radio broadcast. I am your host, Elder Corlette James, and I am so happy to be able to connect with you in the airwaves on today. Now sit back, buckle up, and let's meet today's influencers. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the I Am a Kingdom Influencer radio broadcast, where we talk to leading influencers in their sphere of the corporate world. So today I am very, very excited to have with me um, a man that is no stranger to leadership because he is not only the CEO of the company, but he is also a pastor. So therefore he is leading in many different dynamic ways and the head of his family. So leadership is second nature to him as is influence. So please help me welcome to the show, Pastor Frank I do. How are you today, sir? I am blessed and highly favored. How are you doing? Man, I am incredibly excited about this new year. I really, really am. Mm-hmm. I see um, many, many things changing and transitioning for, for corporate America, for the body of Christ, just across the board. And so I'm excited. There's, there's this, this air of giddiness, you know. Um, it's really a good thing, first and foremost, to be alive, to see what's happening yeah. in this earth realm, mm-hmm. in this point mm-hmm. in time. But at the same time, just to see the, the trajectory and the change in corporate landscape. So what are you seeing as a CEO? And you are a CEO of a nonprofit organization the art. Just tell my listeners a little bit about the corporation that you run and um, and then give me a little insight on what you're seeing as far as the landscape of corporate America is in, in this hour. Well, thank you. Thank you, uh, Minister Collette. Uh, it's good uh, to be here. Um, we, we provide um, services for people with uh, intellectual disabilities, uh, developmental disabilities, you know, mental retardation, autism, and you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been doing this for, this year will be our 70th year providing this service. Long time. Um, and we have over 400 individuals that we provide services to on a yearly basis. Uh, we provide residential services. We have about um, uh, 20 something homes in the community that we use for residential services. Okay. We have apartments that our folks live in. We also provide our, our vocational centers. We have about seven of that in the community mm. uh, that you know teach folks uh, vocational skills. We also provide uh, what we call support employment, which is helping our folks to get jobs in the community, so that they can also be uh, part of the you know uh, taxpayer community. Okay. Uh, we also provide what we call family support respite, where we send folks into the homes to relieve the families, you know, so families can have time to do other stuff. Mm-hmm. Because taking care of a, of a child or, or a sibling or somebody with special needs, it's really sometimes very, you know, uh, it takes a lot. Mm-hmm. So we do have that respite, uh, respite, that, respite program. Mm-hmm. Now, corporate America is getting interesting. And I think I want to kind of dev- uh Define that into two areas: the for-profit mm-hmm. and the non-profit. Okay. You know, under the administration, I think the for-profit are probably you know with a tax break they got you know there's some stuff that went well. Unfortunately, for the non-profit, you know, it's not that 
much of a story like that. Mm. Uh, because we have situations where, for example, we in the state where I work, uh, we just went to Medicaid uh, billing, mm-hmm. uh, where we have to bill Medicaid directly. Mm. And we had their threats of block granting Medicaid. What that does is that it just, right now with the Medicaid, there is a, a defined use of it. Okay. Now when block granted, it goes to the governor, he can do whatever he chooses to do with it, mm-hmm. which will affect you know, the people that we support. So the, the landscape of corporate America is getting really interesting. And for us in the nonprofit world, it's getting more scary. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, the awareness of um, the need is there. Uh, but more and more, we are seeing that um, the setup and all of the resources are not as it should be. We are struggling with, um, like right there in New Jersey, there is a move to go to $15 per hour, which is a good thing. The only problem is that for profit can afford it because they can buy more products. I mean, produce more products. Right, right. You know, but we can produce more products. Right. And then we are confined by restriction from the government that set the price. Mm. So we can say, well, man, you know, we're going to increase our own price, you know, uh, cost of service. So those are some of the interesting things that is happening. So you're like in a catch-22 as far as a nonprofit corporation and the new tax laws, et cetera that are out there absolutely absolutely wow Wow. that's interesting that's interesting well in that type of a climax how do you approach your leadership how do you train you know your leaders and and get quality people you know to service the needs of your clients you know one thing we all know that leadership is about influence Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know the right influence that is correct and one of the things that, you know, when I took over as a CEO in 2016, what I did was I started creating a culture of having people think and act as a leader. Mm. And with many, you know, statistics and surveys have showed that when people leave company, they don't really leave the company, they leave the individual. You know, they don't like the supervisor, so they, mm-hmm. they leave. So we started creating a culture, a climate, of leadership. I remember one of the first thing I did was I bought um, uh, this book from John Maxwell mm-hmm. that talks about 21 laws of, uh, of leadership. Irrefutable laws Irrefutable of leadership. Laws of leadership. <laughs> so I had, I had the directors, all of our directors, I bought for every one of them mm-hmm. and I had them read it. And then we, I think we had two, two laws each. And then they had to present on it. Mm. And then after the presentation, we all create an action plan based on the presentation to say, okay, right, what you're going to do differently. Right. So we, we, we try to instill the culture of leadership. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of what we've, we've tried to do is also instill that across the workplace. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, and also looking at internally how we can generate more funds mm-hmm. to support, you know, the, the, the cost, you know, the cost of everything. But I think, you know, every, I think John Maxwell said it right when he said everything rises and falls on a leader. That's true. It does rise and fall on a leader. And it, the leader set the pace. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that we've tried to do is try to, you know, get all of our leaders, you know, 
Right. We do a lot of leadership training. We do a lot of uh, leadership events to instill a culture, you know, because, and I've been in the com with the company for 20 something years. Oh, wow. So wow. I, I, I started from the, what you call the bottom of the bottom. Oh, wow. And um, rose all the way to CEO. Yeah, what an God's accomplishment. Grace. By God's grace. Yeah. And, and that is, you know, so I've been around to see different types of leaders. Mm -hmm. There are those that lead by intimidation, mm -hmm. lead by different style. Mm -hmm. And I, we don't want that style. We want to be, to be a leader that, lead, that people willingly wants to follow. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That's, you know, I think that's vital. Um, my, my vein of, of focus in this, this time right now is dealing with influence. And I, I, I'm really, really tuned in to the fact that, you know, some leaders just look at the people that they have supervision super over as a number. It's just, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? And, and that employee can see that, that, you know, if you do not care about me, they understand that. And what you just said a few moments ago was vital, that they don't leave the company, they leave the individual. You know, like this person does not care about me and life happens to us all. So, yeah. you know, I've, I'm trying to get leaders to do a transition from just being in leadership to having an influential impact in the lives of those people that are underneath them from the perspective of building kingdom legacy. A legacy is not just your houses and your cars and your money. A legacy is what did you impart into the lives of the people that you came in contact with, you know, and it makes a, a huge difference is, you know, and I say this a lot, but I mean this, and this is the best way I can, I can um, example, give you an example of it. It's like leaders have followers. And I can follow you outside the door, but that does not mean you impacted my life. When we get to the other side of that door, you go your way, I go mine, and I may not remember that you even existed. I just followed you outside. That's you know? true. But when you impact somebody's life, it becomes generational. Mm -hmm. Because what you put into that person, that person will put into their next generation, and it'll just keep going. You know, and it makes a huge impact. I am very, very impressed in the fact that, you know, when you took your position, you took it seriously to change the, the mentality of what your, your um, upper echelon hierarchy were doing. That's incredible. And, and, you know, the kingdom taught us about people, purpose, and passion. Mm. Jesus was for the people. Mm -hmm. He knew his purpose and he had the passion to go with it. Mm -hmm. And that's some of the stuff, you know, I, we do a presentation on that to say people, purpose, and passion. You need the people. Yes. Okay. We have to care about the people. We have, and we have to lead by example. Yes. Okay. Yes. And we have to know the purpose of why we're doing stuff. Mm -hmm. I believe every leader must, must know why, why, why am I in this business? Absolutely. Every now and then I do this and some people get scared, but I leave my office and I could drive to any of our location and spend a few hours there. And then they go like, uh oh, is it coming to spy on us to do whatever? But the purpose for me is that, you know, most of what I deal with is papers, you know, approving this budget, you know, because we're about uh, almost $30 million budget size. That's so, a large nonprofit. <laughs> yeah, you know, so we, we deal with all of this stuff. Now, 
when I when I get to a point where I feel that I'm just looking at numbers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I get off my seat and go. So when I interact with the folks we're supporting, when I interact with the staff, it gives me a reminder of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Why am I in this business? Right. And passion, you cannot fake passion. You know, you yeah. cannot, you cannot fake it. Yeah, that's right. Passion as a leader to show that you truly believe in what you're doing mm-hmm. and you're willing to do everything that it takes to make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know? I've worked shift. I've gone to work shift and folks are like, I don't know if I want to work side by side here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But but it is I enjoy Are you the, the undercover boss? <laughs> I wish sometimes I wish I said I, I but they probably know my face a lot and that, that won't work, you know. Wow. We have about we have over three hundred employees. Oh wow. And and every we have what is called agency orientation. That is the new employee orientation. Mm-hmm. So they come, you know, and every agency orientation, I visit that class. Mm. I talk to them. Mm-hmm. I, I see, tell them about who we are, what we do. Mm-hmm. If they have any questions for me, you know. That's awesome. It, it, you know, because when we are leading, we have to be very careful how we lead. Right. You know? And the people matters. The people yes. matter. I don't yeah. care what anybody says. Yes, you know what? One thing I have found, because um, I'm dealing more and more with corporate America, um, and I have found that whether you come from, <clears throat> excuse me, a faith-based background mm-hmm. or just a corporate background, you care about the bottom line. Yeah. You, if you are not connecting with your people, your productivity is going to be low. It's going to be uh-huh. low. Absolutely. They're not motivated to serve. They're not motivated to do what it is that you want them to do. You know, and I've interviewed so many people, <clears throat> excuse me, on a professional level to hire for hiring. Mm-hmm. And you know, one of my things is I don't require ex or I'm sorry, I don't require um, perfection, but I do require excellence. I don't believe there's a perfect person, but I do require that you give me everything that you have to give me. That's that spirit of excellence, you know? Um, And and then, like I said, it does not matter what your background is, that has an impact on your bottom line. So for you to build your leadership team to recognize and to care about the people, that's, that's huge. Because at the end of the day, you know, and this is what, and I know sometimes, you know, when we started this journey, a lot of people, they had issues with it because Mm -hmm. it's a different style. Mm -hmm. And because it also makes you vulnerable as a leader. Mm -hmm. Okay, I I really have to hear this person. I don't really have to dictate every time. You know, you have to hear. And sometimes you hear some of the best, some of the best uh, uh, arguments for things. Something happened to me that, you know, well, I, because prior to me becoming the CEO, I was a chief operating officer for eight years. Mm-hmm. And in, my, in that capacity, we had one of our homes that um, folks want us to, to, you know, do some flooring and it was, it was gonna cost about six, $7,000 mm-hmm. that we couldn't, the state was not gonna fund. So of course, I have to look at the bottom line. I said, nope, it's not happening, you know? And I had somebody that I've known him for 20 years and he's just, he's he's one of our maintenance staff. Okay. And the culture, so I became the CEO. 
So he came into my office because it's an open door. I allow folks to come in. You know, we can talk, chat mm -hmm. for a few minutes. Yeah. I said, Frank, can I talk to you for a few minutes? I said, sure. So he sat down. And he said something to me about that home, about the need for the flooring, that nobody else presented it the way he presented it. Hmm. Okay? And he gave me the marriage. He, he made, I mean, the way he said it was just like an, an high opener to me. And I said, you know what? Okay, fine. Let's go ahead. Let's fix it. So we fixed the home, we fixed the floor, mm -hmm. found the money somewhere, we fixed it. Mm -hmm. So fast forward six months later, the, and, and I do every now and then, they, they were having a staff meeting in that, in that home. Mm -hmm. There was about 10 employees working there. So I went to the staff meeting. And you know, that day it humbled me because every one of those staff were thanking me for putting the floor in place. Wow. They were not thanking me for raise. They were not thanking me for, they were thanking me for fixing a building that we own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was just something. And, I, and, I, and, I, and from that day, I realized that one of my job is to ensure that the staff have everything they need. They need, exactly. It was humbling. It was very humbling. And I would have missed out on that if I did not allow this man to talk to me. Mm -hmm. You know, he walked into my office and he says, Frank, can I, can I be real with you? I said, yeah. He said, what's that decision about? <laughs> you know, and then he told me, and it's okay. But he said it, you know, with, with, with differently that really went to the fact of the matter. So, and, it, and the it, fact it, that you listened, you valued his opinion, you know, that, that in itself is influential into somebody's life to be listened to to be valued. You know, I, I say this all the time, a smile and a hello says that I value your existence. Yeah. Because yeah. so often we pass right by people and we do not acknowledge their existence. We don't yeah. speak. We don't just, you know, a simple thing just to say, I see you, I value your existence. You know, it's so funny you said that. Uh, in one of the orientation class, I, new employee class that I, uh, that, uh, I attended for our new employees. So, I, you know, after I do my introduction and, speak, you know, I go around the room, tell me about yourself, blah, blah, blah. So there was this particular guy, and he said something <laughs> that was so funny. He said, he mentioned his name, and he said, you know, wow, the way they describe is who you are. And I'm like, oh, 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 wait a minute. What do you mean? <laughs> what are they saying, right? <laughs> what, was, what was going on? And he said, you know, they said that you are just so natural, so humble, so real. And look at how you just addressed all of us. You are using staff for all of us, ma'am, and everything. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I said, who told you all of this? Then he mentioned his cousin's name. And I said, your cousin? I think, oh, I, and I have a habit of knowing people's name, you know, right. kind of. So I said, oh, I know your cousin. He works in this. Day. He said, yeah. Mm -hmm. He said, I'll tell you when you meet this guy. So I was like, wow. So people actually take note of you, you know. They absolutely do. People are watching you when you don't even realize they're watching absolutely. you. Yeah. That's the truth, you know. Yeah. Your greatest yeah. influence on somebody's life is the life you yourself live. You know, yes. you can tell me all day long you care about me until you show me that you care about yeah. me. Yeah. I don't want to hear it, you That's know. So, so yeah that's, that's very true that's very true that's, that's very true cool. that is wonderful so um 
without a doubt, we can hear your accent and we can tell that you're not a native American. <laughs> so where, where do you hail from? Where are you from? Well, I was born in Nigeria. I was uh, West Africa. Okay. I came to America in, uh, I believe, 1984. Okay. That's about 34 years ago. Wow. Um, so it's been a you know, good, good, it's been interesting. Let me put it up. You know, so, you know, I've always said this, that America will either make you or break you. You <laughs> have to, which one you wanted to do. You know, yeah. the sad part is the, the breaking normally comes for the people that were born and raised here. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, those are the ones that seem to be broken. It's just like, really? It's, it's so sad. It's like, okay, you were born with all of these advantages, but you didn't take advantage of any of them. You're broken. Okay. All these people can come in and see opportunity and take advantage of it. That's, you know. Yeah, was. but I, I think sometimes <laughs> we don't know what we have. Sometimes true. people, you know, I do that with my kids, and and I, every time, then go, here comes the story again, you know, like that kind of piece, you know. But I, I think sometimes, you know, if you have stuff, if you're used to stuff, you don't know the value sometimes. That's very true. Sometimes, you know, it takes, when you're out of your element, mm -hmm. then you can begin to appreciate, mm -hmm. you know, wow, oh, oh my goodness, this is this is really valuable, you know. So it's it's been interesting. I agree. I, I think that every young person at some point in time, like, you know, that early 20 range or, you know, like 18 to 22, I think they should all at some point in time take a journey outside of America that were born here. I really, really do. Um, I was blessed and had the opportunity to have a job that allowed me to travel internationally for years. And it gave me such a newfound respect. America, you know, yeah. we are so less than perfect. God in heaven knows we we are not a perfect country. However, we are a blessed nation. When you go other places and see um, the conditions and yeah. the lack of opportunities that are afforded to them, you know, you learn to really appreciate what you have here. I, I think you said it right, you know, and it, it takes, you know, when you go out and you see, mm -hmm. and you see some things, that, and it makes you reflect, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I always tell my kids that, you know, it's like I said, I, I remember when I first came, you know, I was surviving on a sneaker bar and two cans of soda. You know, Every day? Yeah, for some time. So till tomorrow, wow. till tomorrow, if I eat a sneaker bar, I'm good for the whole day. Wow. <laughs> it just stayed with you. Snickers really, you, they should have you as a spokesperson. Snickers really fills you up, right? Yeah, it does. I mean, that was what I was surviving. If, if it's a good day, I have two cans of soda. Wow. If it's a day, one can of soda and one Snicker bar. Wow. You know? And I tell you, it worked, you know, and that's what, because I didn't have anything, you know, I was going to school and doing all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it, 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 you, you don't know what you have until you don't have it. That's so true. That's the lesson. I try to tell my kids that every time. <laughs> you know what? And and it's it, unfortunately, it's like I, I look at 
I'm blessed to see three generations. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I have my generate, actually I have four generations now because I have my generation. I have my children, I have my grandchildren and I now have three great grandchildren. So I've been blessed to see generations and I can look at the different mentality Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the appreciation Mm -hmm. for things. Um, And and I'm not going to get on a political thing, but I remember at 18, my mother took me and made me register to vote. Okay, mm-hmm. And the thing was, people lost their life for you to have the right to do this mm-hmm. and you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, there were years that I voted and it was like any, mini money, mo. I didn't know who I was voting for and I really didn't care, but it was instilled in me I had to vote. As I matured, <laughs> and I figured, you know, I might want to know who these people are, <laughs> you know, that I'm giving my voice to. Um, yeah. And so, you know, there was a mature, maturing time there and 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 i'm grateful for that but you know each generation takes for granted the the cost that Mm -hmm. was paid for them to be able to do what they do now yeah you know um and like you recognizing you know the difference in where you came from and and what you were blessed with here your children don't know that because they were blessed to be here yeah you know So there's, there's a huge difference. There's a huge difference. But, you know, thanks be unto God. That is why, you know, I believe that our generations are, are here on the earth realm for longer periods of time. If you notice, people are living longer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're living longer. And I believe it is so that that wisdom can be imparted. I was doing um, a study out back in school. And so I was writing for my thesis. And... Part of uh, what I was doing, and I was talking about the way that scripture used to be passed down from generation Mm -hmm. to generation prior Mm -hmm. to us having the Bible. And I look at now, I think we need to get back to that, even though we have the written word, the fact that they gathered and they told the stories and Mm -hmm. the scribes would you know, write it, but it was the gathering of the family relaying the stories and the stories got pushed down to generation after generation after generation. But how it happened was the families coming together, Mm. you know, they're Mm. coming together and sharing, you know, I I believe that we live in a blessed era and a a curse era at the same time because of technology. I believe that because of technology, everybody's head is like this. I'm in my phone. I'm in my phone. I watch people walking down the street and especially the young and they're just, they're doing this the whole time they're walking. They don't even look up. I'm like, how many accidents I wonder are caused by people not looking up and just walking into the street because this is what they're doing. Um, I had my goddaughter live with me for a year and she would be sitting next to me and text me. And I would look at her like, are you crazy? <laughs> it's like, you know, well, it's hard for me to talk to you. Well, baby, that ain't gonna work. <laughs> you need to put that phone down, look me in my eyes, and communicate with me. You know? Um, but that's, they're, they're becoming socially illiterate. Seriously. They don't know how to look you in the eye and have a conversation. Yeah. And, and, and it's the other side of that also is this, that I found out that as good as technology is, you know, it has taken away, in my view, the ability to be patient. You know, because technology, you want stuff, you want to know about stuff, boom, wow. boom, boom. You have 
And, and I want to know now. <laughs> exactly. You know, it has taken the ability, you know, the days of Bible said, be still and know that I'm the Lord. You know, how can yeah. you be still, you know, be, to have the endurance, you know, the patience right. for the right timing of God to do right. stuff. Right. I think technology, because everything you want, you get it right now, you right now, right now, right now, you know. So that's for me is the other side of this whole thing that, you know, the, I see more and more people, I, I pray to God for this. Okay. He has an answer. Oh my goodness. What kind of God is this? You know? So it's, it's getting interesting. It definitely yeah. is. It definitely is. Well, we are coming down to the end of the show. And I always, at the end of the show, like to give my guests the opportunity just to, to speak into the lives of those that are listening. And you have shared your heart as far as leadership. So I would love for you to address the, the, the listeners in um, a short period of time on the importance of um, that servant leader. And, and you know what I'm saying? And some of the, the wisdom that you've instilled into your leadership team. Can you say that again? Because I, I lost you for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. So at the end of the show, I always like to um, give my guests the opportunity to speak into the lives of those that are listening. Again, this is I Am a Kingdom Influencer. So we like to impact the lives of those that, that are listening to the show. So could you, because you've shared your heart as far as leadership is concerned, can you give some words of wisdom and just speak into the lives of possibly up-and-coming leaders or up-and-coming CEOs, you know, you, you've lived it out. You know, you started, like you said, at the bottom and worked your way all the way to the top, but just impart some words of wisdom to leave them with. Well, I probably just said this. I use the word, maybe I come at it from a different angle. I probably say, I will use the word investment. Okay. And I, what I would say is that if you're an upcoming leader or you're even existing leader, you have to do four investments. Or investment. The first investment, is, I believe, is investing in wisdom. Mm -hmm. You know, invest in wisdom. Mm -hmm. Get the knowledge base. You know, Abraham Lincoln once said, he says that to be successful, you have to be a reader. And he says there are two types of things you should read. One, read concerning your area of expertise. Mm -hmm. And the second, read general stuff so that you can carry conversation across mm -hmm. any topic. So you must invest in, in wisdom that you be smart. The second investment, I believe, is that you must invest in your body. Okay. You know, because if you don't have the body, you're not of sound mind, it is difficult for you to, to perform anything. Okay. And many times we get consumed with the workload, mm -hmm. you know, that we forget and we neglect our body. Mm -hmm. So I think you have to make some investment in your body. The third investment, since it's, it's about, you know, since we're talking about kingdom influencers, you must invest in the spirit. That is your spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, spend time praying, meditation, and studying. You know, it's, it's, it really makes sense. I remember one of the, I, I did some stuff on the job, and um, one of the ladies came to me and said, Frank, is there a book you're reading to? All your decisions are right on the morning. <laughs> and I turned to her and I said, I whispered into her here, I said, Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> that is you know, the key. Uh, yes. I said, Holy Spirit. So you, you have to invest in, in the spirit that is your spirit, which is, you know, you know, reading, meditating, praying, and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. the, the, the last investment is you have to invest in relationship. Mm -hmm. 
you know, you have to invest in relationship, you know, because, and that's the people piece, you know, spend time with people, you know, show, show people that you care. You know, I remember when I became a CEO, I went to one of these guys that has been a CEO for 40 years. You know, and he said, I went to two people. One has been 40 years, the other has been 35 years. I said, I'm a new CEO. If you have words of advice, what are you going to give me? And then one of them is a practicing Christian. He said to me, he says, remember, this is, you're a servant leader. Mm. Don't ever get too big for yourself. Mm. Remember the people, you know, even though they may be your frontline staff, everybody can. Mm -hmm. Okay. And remember that God put you there for such a time as this. Yes, yes. So keep him first. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that was humbling, humbling for me, you know. And then the next day I knew he sent me like six books on servant servant leadership. <laughs> <laughs> which was good, which was good. But I, I think basically that's what I was saying. I believe those four investments, if you can invest in wisdom. You know, because you have to be smart, life smart, know what's going on in and around you, mm -hmm. invest in your body, because mm -hmm. if you don't have your body, no matter leadership skills you have, you can't apply. That's true. That's true. And I, I found that investing in the spirit, that is my, the spirit of God in me, mm -hmm. you know, praying, meditating, taking quiet times before God mm -hmm. gives me instruction on how to handle stuff. Mm -hmm. And then the relationship. I mean, I so some I have I have one staff on the job now that I've known that she you know we used to be we used to be a frontline staff twenty mm -hmm. something years ago, mm -hmm. and we're still friends. Mm -hmm. And every time she caused trouble in the in the program, they call me or I just pop in and said, "Come on, girl, what's all this stuff?" <laughs> and she she would just barge into my office and, uh, "Frank, you busy?" I said, "I guess I'm no more busy now since you just walked in." You know, so we have to spend the time with people because. You know, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, very, very good words of wisdom, sir. Thank you so much. Well, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to share with our listeners. Thank you for coming on the broadcast and for being a kingdom influencer. I appreciate you to the utmost. To my listeners, thank you for taking the time to listen to the broadcast. We are striving to make an impact in the lives of those that are within our sphere of influence. Always remember, you have the ability to impact the lives of every person you come in contact with. It begins with a smile and a hello. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me for this edition of I Am a Kingdom Influencer. And remember, you have the ability to impact the lives of all those you come in contact with. You are a Kingdom Influencer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.